You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Hallelujah. I have been speaking on the righteousness of the believer in Christ for a long time. Amen. And I am doing that deliberately because when you are free in your spirit, in your conscience, then you can live the liberty of the life of the spirit. Because many of us are sin conscious more than righteousness conscious. But that is not how God created you to be. And that is why it's difficult for you to think positive. You always think negative because that's the way the world and its system has wired you. But he created you so that you would think like he thinks. When you think as a sinner, you live the life of a sinner. When you know that you are one with God and you live with him, you begin to walk in that. Hello? So until you have this understanding, your Christian walk will be frustrating. And very soon, you will give up. But you must know who you are in Christ. And know that he alone has made you who you are. And nobody can alter it. Hello. Situations don't change who you are. Circumstances don't change who you are. Who you are has been fixed. And until you understand that, it becomes difficult. Nothing can change that. Tell me, which circumstance changed the family in which you came from? Which circumstance changed the birth of your parents? Your biological father, your biological mother, which, which circumstance changed that one? Hello? Which? Can it be changed? So if you are born of God, who can change that? Who can change that? Tell me who can change that. So why are you allowing situations to make you feel you are the child of the devil? Why? If you can change your biological parents, then you can change your spirit birth. Your blueprint does not change. The fact that you stole doesn't make your destiny the destiny of a thief. Bad people make good decisions. And good people can make bad decisions. It doesn't make them bad. Hello? So why are you labeling your life as somebody who is defeated? Somebody who is frustrated. Somebody who cannot make it. When that is not how you have been wired. It is the lie from the pit of hell. Get out. Today I'm speaking on what I've titled. Worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. Now, there's a story in Mark chapter 10, verse 17 to 22. Jesus and a young rich ruler. Now, as he was going out of the road, one came running, knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, good rabbi, 
what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Watch this. Hello. What question did the young man ask? The young man asked the question about what? Eternal life. Okay. Let's continue. So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one. That is God. Now, Jesus knew what the guy was about to ask. And the mindset of this young man. So Jesus, number one, started something. Watch this. The guy said, how can I have eternal life? How can I inherit it? And then he called Jesus, good teacher. And then Jesus said, no. No one is good. So no human being is good. Hello? Did you hear that one? No human being is what? Good. No human being. But there's only one. God. So in this particular context, Jesus included himself in the human race. Hello? And said that if you are looking at me as a human being and you call me good, then I want you to know that as for humanity, there's no one who is good. So Jesus used this opportunity to state that fact that when it came to humanity, no human being is good. So don't call anybody good until the righteousness of Christ comes in. No man is good. And you're going to see that. Let's continue. You know the commandments. Jesus now referred to the young man. He said, you know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, teacher, he removed the good. All these things I have kept from my youth. This is the young man who was asking, how can I inherit eternal life? How? If it is by the works of men that a man can inherit eternal life, this young man should not come ask this question. Because from his youth, he himself together with Jesus, are witnesses to the fact that he has obeyed everything about the law. Hello? Oh, are you here with me? Next. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him. And said to him, one thing you lack. Hey, 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 listen. No matter how good you think you are, No matter how powerful you think you are, how righteous you think you are, one thing. One thing you lack. Watch this. Go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come take up the cross and follow me. Next verse. You see, when Jesus opened up that place, look at his reaction. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful for he had great possession. He is stingy. But he thinks that all other things he does can compensate the fullness of goodness. No human being is good. 
And Christ wants to make you know that no matter how good you think you are, you need him. Otherwise, your goodness is like a filthy rag. It means that everything that this young man has been doing, check it, his motive was wrong. Because what is obeying the law? Not doing all of these things without loving your neighbor. What he was asked to do was to show love to the neighbor. So the very first law, he has broken it. Even before he started obeying all the rest. <laughs> listen to me, listen to me. Listen to me. Don't let anybody lie to you. So that you find yourself on the other side of life. Listen to the gospel. It will give you life. Hook on to Jesus. And your righteousness is the righteousness of God. Did you hear what I said? Don't be too full of yourself. Don't. Don't. Look at John 8. Jesus now comes. And in this particular contest, he now speaks that he is good. I'm just clearing your conscience so that you don't add Jesus to the lot. So, which of you convict me of sin? And if I tell you the truth, why do you not believe me? So, here, Jesus was able to stand before all of them and they could not convict him of what? Sin. So, there's only one that is sinless. One. His name is Jesus. He stood before them. And uh, so the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they are powerful. If Jesus had seen, they would have told him. But they stood right there, he spoke, and they couldn't challenge him. Because he is beyond the human level. How? Because the seed that produced you and me did not produce him. The seed of a child does not come from the woman. The woman is only a carrier of the seed that a man gives. So when a woman takes the seed of a man, they have defiled the child. And the child will take the character of humanity. But when heaven gives the seed to a woman, the woman only carries the child but cannot pollute the genes and the And that is why Jesus is sinless. Scientists have proved it. So Mary was only a container. So for those who worship Mary, that one is for another day. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, worthy is the lamb. There's only one that's righteous. Let's look at John 1, 29. John was a powerful guy. Everybody knew him around. He had come to town. The new kid on the block. And everybody was celebrating him. At a point, he realized actually the way the thing was going, if he's not careful, he will go beyond his boundaries. So he started stating clearly. He said, they came to him and asked him, who are you? We want to know. Are you the prophet to come? Are you Elijah? Are you this? He said, listen, 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 listen. All of these things you are talking about, I'm not. I'm just the one who is to prepare the way and make it straight. For there's a one among you who is coming. 
whose even strap, sandal strap, I can't even tie. I'm not worthy to tie it. He is the one who is coming. And so the next day, Jesus walked to John. And the moment John saw Jesus coming, John himself testified. He said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. If you are not an Israelite and you are not in that context, you can't understand this statement. He saw a man and called the man a lamb. But he spoke with a definite article. The lamb of God. Behold means look. See him. Check him out. That's the guy. The spotlight is upon him. He is the lamb of God. Because you have sacrificed lambs. To help you cover your sin. But of all the lambs you have sacrificed. They were just a symbol and a typification. Of the real and the original lamb that is about to hit the ground. And as for him, he does not cover. He is the one that takes away. The word takes away is moving something from one place. And taking it to another. It also means to blot away. To totally erase. As if it has never been there. The lamp of God. That takes away. The sin. Of the world. In the New Testament, listen to me. The word sin, if I show you the meaning, is the Greek word hamatia. Do you know what sin is? Sin is to miss the mark. Miss the mark. So if I'm shooting the it's a target right here. So that's the target. And I should fit in that dot here. And I shoot. And I get here. I've missed the mark. So what it is is that if you Say you have never sinned or you are a righteous man, it means that you must be perfect. And you make sure you hit that mark. If you miss it by 0.1 inch, you have still not hit it. That is the word sin. So take it from your thought. Bring it to your words. And then bring it to your actions. And then let me see your works. And tell me whether you have hit. So there is one. Everybody say one. That takes away the sin, the missing of the mark. Listen to me. What it means is that when you identify with him, you will no more hit the mark. He has hit it for you. So you walk as a man and a woman who has hit the mark. That's why we are called more than conquerors. We did not fight. But we are enjoying the spoils of the fight. <laughs> he has finished the work. And we are enjoying the benefit of his work. Hello. So I need to take you into the Old Testament. So that I can show you how things were covered in those days. And then you can understand the finished work of Jesus as the Lamb of God. 
Hello? Are we ready? So let's go to the Old Testament. If he brings a lamb as his sin offering. So you can see that there's that principle. That if you sin, there were different types of offerings. Sin offerings, different types. This one is the common one. <laughs> there was guilt offering. There were peace offering. There was grain offering. When a priest sins, there's an offering. So, so there's different categories. So, I'm bringing the most common one. That's, I mean, when you sing, come on. <laughs> he shall bring a female without what? Without what? Without what? The word blemish there, you can't say that <laughs> the goat or the sheep has not sinned. What they are trying to say is that you bring a sheep or a goat that does not have any defect on its body. Not just about the skin color. Yes, the skin must is it's white. But then maybe it has a broken leg. It has you know, you know, some of you I I, I mean. A sheep that you see the sheep and you know that no. You know, so so a wounded sheep and all of that. No. You don't you don't do that. So what it means is that the priest would have to examine the sheep. Yes. To make sure that the sheep is worthy to become a sacrificial lamb for your sin. Hello? So the sheep must qualify. Is that right? So they look at the sheep. They look at the lamb. And they carefully observe. As a matter of fact, it can go to 14 days. Maybe there's a problem that is not showing now. So they have to wait and make sure. Oh, Jesus. Look at the working of the righteousness of man. Listen, when you understand what Jesus has done, this life will be for him. It's just because we don't... When you hear preaching, Grace, he said, oh, he's preaching for people to sin. Who told you that? When people understand, they will show gratitude to God. Because you, you know that this thing is only by him. Look at this. Without blemish. And they have to examine and examine. And when they are sure, then you can now. All this while, what it means is that you are carrying your sin. And God is angry with you. What it means is that you can't go to him for any request. You, are you getting the point? Yes. You are there. Waiting. Till your sheep is accepted. Oh God. Somebody say thank you Jesus. Then he shall lay his hand. When it has now been approved. And accepted. He shall lay his hand on the head. Of the sin offering. So what is the laying on of hands? There's a personal close identification where the one who has sinned makes an exchange with the lamb, which is the sin offering. So when he lays his hands, his sin comes upon the lamb. So there's a transfer he no more becomes sinful. Now the sheep is the one that has sinned. Hello? Do, 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 do you get the point? 
when I lay my, you say you are sick and I lay my hands on you, all I'm doing is that there's a transfer. What is on me now comes, the grace of healing now comes on you. My faith in healing now comes on you. There's an exchange. In the same way, by the laying hand of hands, <laughs> on the sin offering, the sin of that individual now comes on the lamb. So now the lamb is the one that has sinned. And then what happens? It will kill it as a sin offering at the place. Hello. So now it is not the priest who will kill it. He himself will kill it. In other words, he has accepted that he has sinned. And the sheep has taken away its, his sin. Every soul that sinned must die. So the sheep is now dying in his place. Am I communicating? So now, what it means is that the penalty and the effect of sin that he must receive, the lamb has received on his Hello. Is it clear? Next. Now, the priest shall take some of the blood of the sin offering with his finger and put it on the horns of the altar. He has killed. Penalty of sin and its effect has been transferred on the lamb. Now the priest is about to effect mercy. Because by the sacrifice of blood of an animal, sins are forgiven. Right from Genesis, when Adam and Eve sinned, God made that provision for man. That the life of the animal is in its blood. That is why Cain's offering was not received. And Abel's offering was received. Because you, should, you must cut blood. And until you cut blood, it can't be received. Hello? Are you getting the boy? Good. So, now what's happening is, the priest now uses the blood. In the olden days, in the OT, when you go to the altar and you hold on to the altar, Horns of the altar, what you are doing is you are seeking for mercy. Hello? So, mercy is about to be given by the transfer of the priest, the representative of God, and the blood of the sin offering. Hello? And then, they will pour the remaining blood at the base of the altar. So, it starts from the top to the bottom. So that the sin for which you have sinned has been totally dealt with. But it is only that sin. We say, hey, when you do another sin, you come back to this process. So you now understand when Hebrew said that they offered the sacrifice of sin repeatedly but it did not take away the sin. <laughs> Hello? Am I teaching? Alright. Now, he shall remove all its fat as the fat of the lamb is removed from the sacrifice of the peace word. So now, what it means is that the moment the fat is bent onto the Lord, there's peace between you and God. So God has smelt the fat of your offering. 
And he says, okay, cool. For a moment. Hello. For a moment. Then the priest shall burn it on the altar according to the offerings made by fire to the Lord. Are you getting it? By fire to the Lord. So the priest shall make atonement at one moment. That is the word. At one moment. Suddenly, just like that, your sin that you have committed has been forgiven you. Hello. So now, when John the Baptist said, the Lamb of God, that takes away the sins of the world, he says, the that you offer for the sin offering, and you go through all of this process, Jesus is going to become that lamb. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And God is, is sacrificing Jesus. You have to buy it, the lamb. It cost him his son. Hello? Is that true? So you go and buy a lamb and you think, oh, Charlie, it cost, I do this thing, I buy a lamb. But then, Jesus, God the Father, out of love, gave his son. That's the cost. Wow. God gave himself as the cost for the sin offering. You can now understand the message I preached last week. That if you are now rejecting this cost of the lamb and still say that it has no effect to clean your sin, then it's a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous thing. So he says, Jesus now has come. If he come, that's the lamb. More fat to be bent to the Lord. <laughs> As for this one, it shall be accepted. <laughs> Good guy. Good guy. Good guy. So, now, that's a lamb. The father examined the lamb. Hello. Examine the lamb. That is why I told you that they themselves said, this man has never sinned. He was never convicted of sin. He was pure. So they examined the lamb. For three and a half years, he was doing ministry, examining the lamb. And they examined the lamb, perfect. Jesus. And they took him to the cross. Whilst he was on the cross, what was he doing? He was putting your sin on him. Give me Second Corinthians. The one who knew no has been made what? For he made him who knew no what to be sin for that we might become so Jesus the Lamb of God knew no sin but for God to be able to accept you as righteous he laid our sins past 
present, future on him. So that as for this lamb, he shall not be sacrificed repeatedly, but once and for all. And today, because of him, you and I have become the righteousness of God. So, you don't have the righteousness of man. That is why what every man is saying about you is not correct. Because your righteousness is of God. The way man's righteousness is worked is very different from the way his righteousness is worked. So when you are of his righteousness, you are different. You are a different species. Work in that understanding. Work in understanding. Clap for him. Hello. Hi. That is why when he was on the cross, he said, it is no more sin offering. No more sacrificial lamb. That is why he went to the temple and started beating them. The money changes, all those who were selling, because that dispensation is now over. The sin offering has been made once and for all. Look at Hebrews. Let's all read it. Go. This is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws into their and in there I will write hello. So now the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts you of righteousness. They are, come on, listen. If you start walking with God in this understanding, there are so many things you do that is right in the spirit, but by well standard, you condemn yourself. You will only go to heaven and you know that you are doing the right thing. Hello? I'm confusing you. Because most of us are limited by the culture in which we live in. And the culture becomes our righteousness. And that is what measures what we do and what we don't do. We are pricked by our conscience, which is mostly by deeds of traditions. But when a man works with God, everything else around them could be acceptable, but for them it is not. And there are certain things that are not acceptable, but for them it is. Because it doesn't come by culture. They live on earth, but they are of heaven. So they listen to their heavenly voice. There's a sound in them that speaks to them and tells them what to do, what not to do. I will write my law in their Okay, then he asks, let's all read, go. He will remember no more. So who went to remind him? Who? Who went to remind him? You. Yeah, you. Or your husband. Or your wife. Or your fiancé. Or your boss. They make it seem as if God is being reminded. And that's the way they treat you. But you must know. He doesn't remember it. No more. You don't carry that guilt anymore. You don't carry that shame anymore. That is not you. It is what they are carrying. But even if they remind God, he says, I don't remember. 
Continue. Now where there is, read it. So I'm sure that you thought he was talking about your past deeds. So when I said, oh, your sins, he will remember no more. He said, okay, he will not remember the past. So the past. But the one yesterday, he will remember it. Apostle Paul now comes. He says what? Where there is remission of these, the sins that he said, <laughs> he has forgiven forever. That he will never remember. He said, there is no longer what? Because the offering has already come through Jesus, the Lamb of God. 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 So now, he will tell us to do something. Watch this. Everybody. Revelation chapter 5. We're going to read it. It's long. But I know you'd enjoy it. Let's all go. Go. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice who is worthy to open the scroll and to lose its seals? Question. Question. Who is worthy? To go and open the, the seal. Who is worthy? <laughs> go and put your name there. Who is worthy? There's a seal of things that are about to happen. That will change the course of the world. It will break the world. To destroy the world. But nobody is worthy enough. Watch this. Go. Add all the others. Confucius, add them. Buddha, add them. Mohammed, add them. Hari, add them. Ekanka, add them. Now, he said what? No one. Angel Michael. Gabriel. The Pope. This is serious business. Nobody in heaven, on earth, under the earth. So every space is covered. Every authority is covered. He didn't just say, oh, oh, um, um, on the earth. Or on the earth and under the earth. It included the whole of the heaven. The seed of God. So John, who was seeing the revelation, said, man is due. We are finished. So he started weeping. He said, I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. Was, the devil is going to have his way. But he's a liar. He's a liar. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold! Hey! This time, he's not a lamb. He's a lion. He's a lion because watch. That of Judah, the root of David, he has what? He's not going to prevail. No. He has. So the lamb has laid down his life. And has become the sin offering. But now he's the lion. He is the lion. 
He is the lion. He is the reigning king because he has prevailed. He fought Satan. Took away his authority. Took away his power. Stripped him. and said, you are nothing. What do you have? What do you have? You have nothing. Everything you sought to do, I give you power. I take it back from you. You don't have authority over my children. They sold their authority to you. But I have reconciled with them. I didn't have to pay the price to you. I paid the price to myself to fulfill all righteousness. He has prevailed. And because he has prevailed on the cross of Calvary, he has defeated death and its power. He has defeated sin and its power. He can open the scroll and to lose its seven seals. Come on, give a clap offering to Jesus. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne, and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb. That's why he's called the lion and the lamb. Hallelujah. This is telling you what he represents right here. What he did. When he said he prevailed, he prevailed as the lamb. And now he is the lion. Are you getting the point? He has authority over everything. You know the lion is the king of the beast. Has authority over the whole forest. Are you getting the point? Yes. Jesus has authority over everything. Hallelujah. As though it had been what? Having seven authority. Seven. Which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. You know the seven spirits of God? Name them. Wow. Clap for yourselves. Some of you are quiet. You don't know what we are talking about. <laughs> then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And what did they say? Continue with us. Now when you are taking the scroll, four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and a golden bar full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us and priests to our God and we shall I like the last part We shall live heaven on earth. He's made us kings and princes. We have legal authority and we have priesthood authority. We will rule not by the decrees of the world. We are priests. So we shall rule by the decree of Jehovah as kings over the earth. That's what kings and priests means. Then I looked, heard a voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures, the elders. The number of them were 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Count the number of them, they are seven. There are seven. There are seven. There are seven. Everything you need to reign on this earth, he has received it on our behalf. Oh, my word. 
It doesn't come by us. It comes by the lamb that was slain. And every creature which is in heaven and earth, under the earth, such are in the sea. And all that are in them, I heard saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. Give a clap offering to Jesus. Okay. Let me close with Hebrew. Let me close with Hebrew. So, we know what we have. We know it is not by our righteousness. We know there's a mediator who is the high priest. Right? He presented us. Mediated for us. Now he has become the sin offering. He became the lamb. So now, the high priest who passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us what? Hold what? Our word. This here is not confession of sins. Oh. Hold fast the confession of your faith. Your faith is who he is in you. Hold fast to that. Seeing that he is the high priest, know that he is your mediator. Are you getting the point? And hold fast to that confession that this is my mediator. Don't lose God. Hold fast to that confession. Don't leave it. I've told you, if there's any work you must do, make sure you hold fast to this. Don't let anything move you from this confession. When you are moved away from this confession, you are being moved away from your faith. Hold on. Hold on. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. I told you that there was an offering for the priest when he sins. Because the high priest himself has weaknesses. But there is one that came. Saw all the weaknesses. Prevailed over the weakness. And therefore he has power over every weakness. And he identifies with your weakness. He mediated for your weakness. So when you are crying, he understands. But he has power over weeping. Whatever you are going through, he understands. And he also has the power over it. He is not the high priest that will be changed every year. Or the high priest that will die. He is an eternal high priest. Of the order of Melchizedek. We don't know how he came. And we don't know how he left. He just came and he lives in eternity. Before the beginnings of the beginnings. He was already God. Nobody enthroned him. He is all by himself. He does what he likes. But was in all point tempted as we are, yet without word. Sin. So, if you have this understanding, oh my God. Everybody read it. So, so, so listen. Let us now come what? No. Afraid, fearful, with anxiety, with worry. Is that, is that come like that? Now, wait, wait, wait. Where is the throne of grace seated? Listen to me. The throne of grace is in you. And so listen to me very carefully. Everywhere you are, the throne of grace is there. So when he says, come boldly to the throne of grace, he's saying that every day of your life, you must be bold. 
to approach your God without fear. No matter whatever it is, don't think that you have to come to a special position and a special place. Everywhere you are, the throne of grace is there. And it is not a throne of judgment. It is the throne of grace. What is grace? Undeserved favor. Undeserved love. Undeserved abundance. Listen to me. Wherever you are, no matter what your situation is, as a Christian, Christ has done everything for you. You only come to the throne of grace. There is no throne of judgment for you. So come boldly. Hey, come boldly. Sister, come boldly. Brother, come boldly. Come boldly, bold, 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 bold. And when you come, what would you obtain? Oh. Every penalty of your sin has been dealt with. It's called mercy. It has been withdrawn. Hello. You would obtain what? Mercy. You obtain judgment. He will let thunder strike you. And so where did you get some of these things? Tell me where. Where? He will let the... Ah! You will obtain mercy and find Tell me how you approach the throne of grace and you don't find grace. Hello? That the throne has been qualified. It is the throne of grace. Yet you are going to that same throne and you are expecting judgment. Because that's what the world has told you. That's what your father taught you. My father taught me too. For all of us. We all grew up. Is that not true? Yes. But listen, our dads, our moms are not the gospel. Jesus Christ is the gospel. He is the one that measures. He is the one who has the standard. Yes, we would honor our fathers. We will honor our parents. But we must know who we are in Christ. Praise Jesus. Very, very important. Understand that even if your parents throw you away, the throne of grace is there for you. Even when your boss says you are nothing, the throne of grace is there for you. No matter who you are, you are qualified because the throne is not a throne of class systems. For the bourgeois. The throne is the throne of grace. For the poor. For the lowly. For everybody. The throne is there for you. And you will find help. Not when your need has killed you. In time of need. In the time you really need it. You will find help. I said, in the time you really need it, you find help. In the time you really need it, you find help. In Jesus' name. Amen. Grace, glorious grace. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Caris Center International, living heaven on earth. Come.